In today's episode, I am chatting with Tara Cooper from Dancing with Chopsticks. This is a very topical episode because she is what I would call an expert in how to work from home and school from home. At this time right now in history, we are all pretty much working from home as well as figuring out how to homeschool our children. And for me, it's a particularly challenging time because you know, if I was working from home regularly, I would be doing something where I set my own schedule and I had some flexibility of my time. But because I'm working my nine to five day job from home, I'm still facing meetings. I'm still facing schedules that have been set for me. And so trying to figure all of that out together has been particularly stressful. So I'm really excited for this chat with Tara because she has it dialed in. She actually homeschooled for a number of years uh, and her her kids are now in their mid-teens, so she has a lot of experience, and she also did so while working her own job from home. So I really valued everything she had to say in this episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Tara, and welcome to Around the Campfire. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here this morning. I am super excited to chat with you. Now, we know each other. We are connected through the Mama's Mastermind, which is a group that I started with my friend Natasha back in January. So I know quite a bit about you and what you do, and I'm so excited to bring your teachings to my audience today. So can you Tell us a bit about yourself, who you're a mom to, all the things. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So I um, I am a freelance marketing and communications consultant, and I've um, worked in that area a very long time, which started <laughs> in nonprofits in the early days and then for small business and then just on my own. Um, but I'm also a mom to new, to teenagers. I have a 13 and a 15-year-old, okay. uh, boy and girl, older son, younger daughter. And then uh, my husband Chris and we um, we've been married almost twenty three years. Coming wow. up, wow! Yeah, we live in um, the central part of Oregon, and um, now we've lived all over, uh, lots of moves. But one of the unique things for me right now, especially in this season, is we actually accidentally fell into homeschooling when mm-hmm. our kids were four and six. We had a big major move, international move, didn't know where we'd settle. And we, um, so we thought, okay, we didn't want to put our son in a brand new school to move him in a month or so to another brand new school. So we just kind of said, okay, just, just one year, you can do this one year. (laughs) Well, before I knew it, just one year turned into eight. Right. And, um, half of those I was juggling working and homeschooling the kids on the side. So now in the season, I just have been really passionate about trying to, as we're all back, I, this was my first year having nobody at home until mm-hmm. um, COVID-19 decided to <laughs> show up. Right, because they had gone to school, right? Yeah, they were back in traditional school. <laughs> so um, both of them for the first time in, in traditional school, and it was going great. And now we're all back home again. Um, right. So it's kind of that twist, but I've had all these like strategies and tips that I learned very much the hard way um, in trying to figure it out before that we've been able to just kind of put into place and roll back into. Um, and then just conversations started coming up with friends and different things. And I'm like, okay, this is, I need to share this because you absolutely do, shared yeah. with me that first year and all along the way. So it's just a way I've just been trying to pay it forward and help because it's a big job and it's hard, but there are ways we can make it easier and different things we can do. And so right now that's what I'm doing a lot is just sharing how to help juggle 
working and kids at home or even just kids at home and helping them through their school. But my sweet, my passion is for those moms that are working and balancing the kids at home. Well, and yeah, that's exactly where we're at right now. And that is why I I said, please come on because I, this is, I mean, this is the season I'm living in right now. I mean, I, it's so, it's so funny. We had talked about, you know, very lightly, we had talked about homeschooling our son just because of the challenges that he has in the Mm -hmm. school system. And, but we couldn't make it work because my husband works from home, but is fully working from home and wouldn't have the capacity to commit to also schooling. And then I work out of the home, you know, basically 8.30 to 6.30 every day. And so it it wasn't going to be an option for us. And then now within three weeks, you know, I guess we just finished technically week four of the working from home, you know, all of a sudden it went from, we encourage you to work from home to we require you to work from home. And we're, we've been trying to figure this out. Last week we got started getting assignments from teachers because spring break ended. And now we're, Mm -hmm. you know, in this space of having to manage two different teachers and their two different Mm -hmm. teaching styles, Mm -hmm. two different kids with different abilities and specialties. And then, you know, our own work and trying to manage meetings on WebEx and, you know, like yeah, all of yeah. these things. It's crazy. I can't even imagine what it would be like with toddlers. I mean, for us, oh, our kids sure. are just a couple years behind yours. You know, we're at 10 yeah. and a half and just turned 13. So, you know, we we have them a little bit more able to take some independence and do some stuff, but it's yeah. still really challenging. And you know, trying to balance tag teaming with a partner, you know, which one of yeah. us is gonna handle this assignment and what that looks like. And my husband's very used to his nine to three by himself in this space. And so all of a sudden we're all here, you know? (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. I get him because that's no, I'm like, this week I was like, okay, everybody's, I love everybody. Everybody's still here. (laughs) I'm going for another walk by myself. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Exactly. There's just so many variables, which is crazy. Like it's way more crazy on top than if you were even just intentionally thinking, Hey, I think we want to try, you know, having our kids school at home totally, or working in schooling at home. Now we've got all this other situation around us and dynamics and pieces, and we can't get out to those places and we can't get to the places where we otherwise connect and our kids can't get to their sports or their other activities. And so it's just like this compounding effect. Of well, exactly. You. It's what's interesting too is that I think for them, I mean, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but I think for the most part, people that work from home are able to set their own schedule so they can make schedules work for the most part with homeschool and their own schedule because they are either running their own business or they have that flexibility. But now with everybody taking their regular nine to five and shifting it from home, Mm -hmm. they don't have the same flexibility. I mean, my employer has been very good at saying some people will need to do their work first thing in the morning or late at night. And we have to be adaptable to that, which is amazing, but not everybody has that. You know, it's, we're trying to still, like I say, have these WebEx meetings and still run our regularly scheduled programming, (laughs) you know, but with this added piece of being here away from the office. And so it's not, it's not the same as if we were here making our own schedules to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. Absolutely. Which just, yeah, adds into it. And I think one of the things, some of the most adept leaders and corporations are doing though is giving that understanding and space yes. to try and figure this out. Like I've been working with um, some corporate teams and doing coaching on this with their teams to help them figure this out because this was their biggest cry of their people. Right. How do I balance how do I do this and juggle it and just kind of yeah. get them started. Um and some of them the managers are going, hey, okay, normally we'd have our team call Monday at 8 a.m. But I've got four people or five out of my seven, right, that have little kids or yeah. elementary and under. And that just is like a really hard time for them. Or they can't get their kids back, you know, into that learning space if they're right. like putting them, you know, on other activities then. So they've moved it because they can, because they're not out in the field anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're moving those meetings to at, you know, 12 or one in the afternoon mm-hmm. when those with the youngest have nap time and those with the right. others, the kids can do some independent things. 
So those are some of the fabulous things that some managers are doing, listening to their people, but not everybody's getting that or has that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's dig into some of your best practices, your tips. What can you offer our audience to help them through this really crazy Mm. time? Well, you know, I think um, the biggest and most important thing to me is that, you know, um, math, we... Yes, it's important. We want our kids <laughs> to keep on track with learning, right? And to continue moving forward. Those are skills, though, that we can make up later if we need mm. to. We can keep working through the summer. That was one of the things when we were homeschooling. We had major moves in the middle of a year sometimes. And I would lose like, you know, four weeks with the packing up and the moving right. to the city and getting wrestled where like, okay, you did, you know, three math problems and we listened to an audiobook. Good. (laughs) So we'd make it up later. We just keep, you know, instead of summer slide, we just kept doing math straight through the summer. Like that was the only thing. So we can make up skills in other places if we need to. But the number one thing is that our kids need us to be able to um, give them a space and a place that they are heard and Mm. seen and loved. Because more than anything, if we can come through this season braver, stronger, and more connected mm-hmm. as families, we've won yeah. the virus. Yeah. And so I think there's a, a balance in that because everybody that I've been talking with across the U.S. and Canada um, is getting different things from their schools for their kids, which mm-hmm. is great. A lot of them are getting, some of them are getting a lot, some are getting <laughs> just supplemental. Right. So there's a different places there. And we have some kids like in high school who need to get credits to be able Mm -hmm. to continue on. They don't want to lose credits and have to do another semester or something like that. Um, So there's, there's things to be mindful of there when it comes to those actual skills and classes and things there. Right. Others where it's like, Hey, can we just take a step back and find time and space, even if it's Saturdays, because we're not going to birthday parties and Mm -hmm. sports activities and things on Saturday and, and build ways to just spark our curiosity and find connection in something because we have this new time. So even if it's just Saturday, are there ways for us to do that, that include learning for our kids, Mm -hmm. but it's in a much more, um, hands-on and, um, curiosity driven way, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. So I think the number one thing that I've been talking with folks about is just what are our expectations and mm. how to communicate them. Yeah. And, you know, this doesn't look like normal work in school, right? Right. It also doesn't look like vacation. No, exactly. Because we have to do work in school. And I think, too, it's a changing – it's changing as we go. Like just this week, um, Oregon um, – Following the call of Washington State here in the in the U.S., right. they have announced um, and mandated that there will be no in-person classes for the rest of the school year. Oh, they have. Eight. Okay, they have. So that yeah, we haven't now, gotten there yet, but I yeah, I think it's coming. Right, and there's just something like we knew it was coming, and um, we have friends in Asia. We used to live in Asia, so we have a lot of friends in Asia. So we've been following this for a lot longer and seeing what's right. been happening there. So we were kind of anticipating this is how it would go. But there was just something about the finality of that yeah. that really hit on Wednesday for our kids. And that's a whole other thing, right? So if that happens in our areas, we're going from, okay, we can do this for a few weeks to, oh. We're not going back until September, We're right? not going back until September. So, yeah. So that's a different strategy, right, to make this managed for the long term versus a shorter term, you know, a longer term yeah. than shorter term. So looking at what are the the expectations that we have in our mind. Is it just, I'm surviving for a few weeks or is right. it, okay, we need to bring in some different structure and routine because though extra media time is great for a couple weeks, it's not for a couple months. So how do we bring in other activities and other ways to get our kids engaged in things that help them learn and grow, even if they're mm-hmm. not tested, right? Or right. assessed by the school, but that just keep them um, engaged in positive activities and creativity and learning instead of just sitting in front of screens. Totally. 
Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but then I think there's that piece of just acknowledging the mourning of that, the loss that happens in those times, the loss of our kids, especially those of us with teens. Um, you know, my son was actually supposed to be on a choir tour this spring for his high school choir, and they were supposed to be um, in Seattle and then in Victoria, BC. Oh, and wow. That totally got canceled, which was a bummer. Um, and for those that have seniors here, we know they're not going to get prom. They're not getting graduate. I know. They're not getting, they're not getting closure in a way. And that's a whole new concept and idea for all of us, right? To figure out how do we leave something well and close something well when we don't have our normal um, patterns and celebrations that help us do that. So finding, you know, being honest about that and those feelings and what's there. And then I think trying to find ways to bring new things into that, not to take away from that loss, but to move forward and what, what can we do? What is some new ways we can plan fun or bring connection? And it's not going to make up for what we've lost, but it's something new that we can bring into our lives in spite of the loss. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's some of the pieces of, of looking at our expectations and how we communicate them, but really communicating, um, is so key. And when we're balancing all of this, right, like <laughs> we're all in each other's space, yeah. extra needs to communicate and finding tools and strategies to, to bring that purposefully into our lives is something to, to create space for that communication to happen. Yes. So one of the things we've done is um, a family journal oh. that we're doing each, um, trying to do each day. And I think um, I've really encouraged those with younger kids, like start your day this way, like right after breakfast, start your day with your kids. And if you're working, if you can, if you can work this out with your supervisor, your manager, your team, give yourself 30 minutes to an hour that you are dedicated to be present for your kids. Mm. That this is just like a meeting or a conference call. Um, and especially as you get a routine going, but this is one of the things that even my son and I were talking about and I did, okay. I did well at for a little bit and I didn't do well at part of the last <laughs> year that he was technically homeschooled. And he's like, yeah, that would have been nice mom. And Aww. so we're getting to do over, right. We're trying right. to do this again, but giving attention and taking just a couple minutes at the beginning of the, that morning getting everybody, you know, their breakfast, they're fed, they're, they're dressed. Okay. Let's gather together and let's just do take our family journal time. And it's just talking about, okay, what's the date today? What's the weather like? Like little ways to observe. And this is, if you have little littles, this is part of what they're doing, like in preschool and kindergarten, it's and true. learning observation and learning how to, it's, it's like the beginnings of, you know, a science, um, lab sheet, right? What's the day and the date and what's the weather if you're doing something outside and um, in, in observing nature, right? So these are just little skills that you can build in, but it brings us together. And then the next thing we do um, is talk about what's our big three for today. Nice. So if anybody uses or is familiar with Michael Hyatt's full focus planner system, or there's others that talk about this too, you might use it already in your work where you're coming up with what are my big three things that I need to do today? The right. things that if nothing else on my to-do list gets done, these three things are going to move the needle forward in my business or in my goals. Right. Well, we can do that as a family too. That's so smart. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, the other day, ours, our one was schoolwork, school needed to get done. The other was pick up prescriptions and groceries for grandma because um, she's in town and can't leave. So we can go get those and take them, which also was a place for then my husband and I to communicate of, okay, I'm going to have to be able to go. That means you're on if the kids exactly. have Exactly. Yeah. And then we were talking about, um, I think, a family night. And we were planning to just do a family night um, is what my husband and I had in our minds going on. And my son said, well some of the guys are trying to plan a gaming night tonight, an Xbox live night on one of their games and, mm -hmm. and connect. And 
all of a sudden it gave space for him to express that. And my son is like more of the internal processor. So normally I wouldn't necessarily, he's not going to come up to me and say, Hey, can I do this tonight necessarily? Because he's just thinking of it and we're all kind of thinking our own thing, but it started to give us place for him to say that. And we could say, yeah, we're getting a lot of family time. So why don't you do that? Let's make that. And that went on our big three. Nice. A need for him valued. It made him be seen and made him helped him be heard because we had a place for that. And is it a big three as a family or does each family member do their own big three? Um, I think you definitely could do each of you your own big three. I think that's another way of helping them. Mm -hmm. We're doing this as our family big three. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. It's such a good skill for the kids. You know, if they learn that now, they can carry that forward into business or into just their general lives, right? That's so great. Absolutely. And so I think that's the next step that actually this week as we're going, we've done a lot of intentional teaching. I have intentionally teaching them how to manage time and schedule and do that because, Mm -hmm. you know, time is an abstract concept. It's not, it's not something that is concrete in front of us. And um, so there are ways we can make that more accessible and concrete to teach that. But um, so I think that's the next thing is helping them think about their big three, especially as they're starting to get projects that are due out further. They're not all due like today. Even my daughter's right. getting more that, okay, this is your science project. It's assigned on Tuesday. It's due next Monday. Um, so those are great skills to be able to bring in and do that. But this has been our way of doing it as a family. And so we've been, my kids are older, they're 13 and 15. They're pretty mm-hmm. independent with things. And so we're seeing that, um, trying to trust where that is, give them that trust and respect as we've kind of guided and, and watched and checked in to see where they're, how they're doing with it. So now we're kind of working, everybody's kind of getting started on their own in the mornings um, at right. a little bit different time. My son loves to get stuff done right away so he can Oh, amazing. Out. Yeah. So this was one of the benefits of homeschooling is like he learned if he could get all his work done by 10, he had the rest of the day to play outside and do whatever he wanted. So he's motivated that way. Um, My daughter tends to take most of the day, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're all different. But um, so we're letting everybody kind of start on their own as long as they're done, you know, at it by nine is kind of the rule. But instead of doing this big three in the morning with them, especially older, like we're doing what's our big three. We're talking about that at dinner for the next day. So we're kind of Mm. looking at that day ahead. And then we're taking time in that journal time to do like, okay, a gratitude journal as a family. So let everybody share one thing that they're thankful or grateful for today. That's awesome. Again, it's so fun. It's so many things. Cool, right? Yeah. It, it creates space for the conversations to happen. That's so great. Because we do these, I mean, I, I, I do this as an individual. Uh-huh. And, you know, so many of these things we do as ourselves in our business or in our own personal practice. But bringing it as yeah. a family practice is so great. Yeah. So I think those are some ways that we're creating that, that place for that to take place and to happen, um, you know, along with taking time, maybe it's every afternoon to get outside together. If you can, if you're allowed Mm -hmm. in your area to still go for walks or get out, do that together. If you have little kids, you're trying to get them maybe out or busy other times and you have to be present because they still need that supervision. If you have older kids, you maybe can send them outside to play most of the time or say, you know, go run around in the backyard and come back. You know, it's recess time and you're like, whew, I'm taking my breath. I'm getting this call made. You know, I'm checking these right. emails, whatever I need to do. And But with older kids, it's easy sometimes to default to sending them out. And then are we connecting in with them? So can we take a half hour and walk together? Again, mm. we've just created space for conversation and connection to happen that we're not isolated within our own home when we're already isolated from all of our regular things. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We're, we're trying to figure out our schedule right now and we are trying to get out for a walk every day. And I, we, the afternoon is what works best for my work schedule because I haven't really adapted my work schedule yet to what will work best for our family. Mm -hmm. But yesterday we were out by nine 30 and there were way fewer people out and about, first of all, so it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just such a nice way to start the day and get our family out together. The kids had energy. They were, you know, fresh 
instead of having to argue at four o'clock in the afternoon saying, okay, now we've got to go for our family walk. It was more of a, we get to go for a walk this morning as opposed to we have to, right? And so now I'm trying to figure out how to manage my work schedule to allow for that. So for that, you know, I think that's another great point is one, just being flexible to what, to your family that, you know, there are, there's, great schedule ideas out there like Pinterest and Facebook are full of them totally. and have been, right? And there there's a lot of really good ones. But number one, knowing what works with your people. Yeah. And number two, knowing some strategies behind that. Like getting what you're seeing right there is that getting everybody out together just brought a positive connecting space to mm-hmm. the day. Help your kids get their wiggles out so they can sit and focus on what their online assignments are a little exactly. bit better. So do that. I think that's great. My family might be like, we're different. We're, we're all going to look different as families. We're going to look different with what we can. But think about the strategy behind that. You know, if you have littles, it might be you taking that time to sit down with them and do a family journal and then read a book or read a chapter of a book mm-hmm. together. So they're sensing that you're there and then helping them get started with what their teachers are sending or what you're coming up with if your school's not providing because some are not. Right. Um, but if they are like just helping them get started. And so your kids know that their buckets filled up, right. They're getting your time and your attention. Um, and they know that they're seen and heard and loved. And that can speak volumes, whether it's, you know, cuddling on the couch with a book or taking that walk that just sets all of us up for the day, frees your mind later in the day to focus on work because mm-hmm. you know your kids' needs have been met in some way already. And you're not like, oh, I should be doing this in the back of your head. You know you've given some time and space for that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Okay. So any other big tips for moms that are going through this right now? I, you have an amazing article that I will link to in the show notes yeah. uh, that has you know six great tips so or keys to success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anything else you'd like to share? think a couple of other um, quick tips that aren't mm-hmm. in that article, but they're in some oh, other okay. places on my blog because I've been adding to that. Um, awesome. So these are, but these are a couple I've got, like, you don't need the whole, you know, the whole learning store. You don't need all of <laughs> <laughs> the target dollar store section or whatever to, to do this to homeschool. You don't, we don't need all of it, but there's just some simple tools and supplies that can make life easier. Okay, um, cool. So one of those is having a place for this stuff. And I've got um, on my um, Facebook and Instagram, and I think there's a link to it. I'm trying to get it on my, on my website, um, on the blog, is how to set up a learning box, especially for younger yes, kids. Yes. I love this on your Facebook. I loved it. Yeah. So tell us what a learning box is. So a learning box is, um, so like we talked about earlier, like time and time management is a very abstract yeah. concept, but we can teach our kids guided independence, even from little. I've used this from preschool up into middle school. It's a very hands-on, tangible way to help them understand what do I do? What do I need to do? What do I do next? And how Mm -hmm. do I know when I'm done? Which um, it's just taking like a a simple box. It can be the Amazon box that hasn't gone to recycle yet because we all got plenty of those around. And they can decorate the outside of it. Or I use like a fabric cube that goes in like one of the cube bookshelves. Mm -hmm. Um, So just one place to contain like their school or learning work um, that they have. And then you simply set up dividers for, you know, one through maybe six, you know, start smaller ages you can build, or if they're getting school from school and you need to divide it up some way to help them process through or know what's next, but you just stick a divider one through six. And then the last one says done and Mm. younger. I want mom and dad to set that mom or dad, a parent to set that up either the night before or in the morning before they're ready with their learning things or if you're waiting for school to come from the teacher, you might have to kind of wait a little bit, but you can have, have things in there generally. And if you're preschool age, this is just five or six learning activities and games. It could be a puzzle in one section, their coloring mm-hmm. book, um, a letters sheet that they're, they have, or even some board books or, you know, simple books that they're, they're learn reading already can read through or just look through. 
mm-hmm. five or six. And what they do is you have it set format learning time. This is where your things are. And you're going to start with number one. And when you're done with what's behind divider number one, you're going to move that to the back behind the done. And then you awesome. know, next I go on to what's in number two. And then I'm finished with that. It goes behind done. But one of the other things you can do with this is if you're managing multiple kids, two or more, is when you know there's something that they are going to need your hands-on help with, okay, so my daughter's got that hands-on help with math in divider number, you know, behind number one, I'm going to put my sons behind four. So mm. stagger and you can spread out that help. Or if you're having yeah. to share a device, maybe there's a great learning app, but we have one tablet everybody wants to do it at the same time. Okay. So somebody's going to get it in number two and someone's going to get it in number six. Right. They begin to learn they're, they're going to get their time and they're not, we're eliminating that, that arguing. Um, but we're also minimizing the what next mom, what do I do now? When well, you that's it, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you can think, Oh, I've got this great activity. They're going to take at least 15 minutes on this <laughs> and in two they're done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right back at you. So if they're able to do things more independently and you're on your laptop or working next to them, all of a sudden you're eliminating that now, what next? And the frazzled like, oh gosh, what do I have them do now? Totally. Because they know what to do. And it's great. It's that life skill, right? Of It's the beginning of a planner or a, a, mm-hmm. a written list of to-do list of things to work through, but it's tangible and physical. And so we can see it. So you're putting that, you're bringing something physical to a very abstract concept as well as you train them up and how to move it through, move through what's next. And when everything's behind done, I'm done for the day and I get to move on to something else, playtime or whatever it is. I think that's probably one of the more challenging things for people to get their heads around too, is that homeschooling can take significantly less time Mm -hmm. than a regular school day. And so you feel like you have to fill nine to three where actually learning time, well, learning happens through all different forms, but like the academic learning time could be one hour. It could be two hours. I was talking to somebody who does homeschooling and she was saying the studies have shown that actual hands-on learning time in public school equates to only about two hours per child anyways, Mm -hmm. when you actually look at the attention paid to each student and the work that they're actually doing. Yeah. And so putting it into that perspective, they, it's okay if they're doing other things that aren't learning for the rest of the day. And it's, it's getting over that guilt. Um, <laughs> you know, the other thing for me is I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and so when I, I, I consider the assignments that they're getting on these online platforms, my assignments, because now I'm responsible as the teacher to get them done or not to get them done, but to have them get them done. Right. And so I want to make sure that we're doing this right. And our teachers and our school district have been super gracious and saying, you know, it's okay and do what you can. And, you know, but when our first assignments came in from our daughter's teacher, first of all, I think she was still learning the technology Uh, (laughs) because she had a science assignment, a math assignment, a French assignment and something else. I can't remember what it was. Um, And they were all due Sunday and they were only assigned on Wednesday and it's a holiday today. So I was like, what do you mean they're supposed to get all of this done by like in two days? This doesn't seem reasonable. It's <laughs> I had this panic because now my my people pleasing was on the line, right? Yes, right. So it's it's so hard to just let that go and just be okay. Yeah. So oh yeah. my gosh. Well, again, right? There's those expectations. Exactly. Some of it's what we have on ourselves or what we want to make sure we're doing right. We don't want to fail our kids or the system. And Exactly. Oh boy, having grace for ourselves. Yeah. Grace for our kids, grace for their teachers who are innovating and learning new systems and trying to figure out because learning, distance learning is different. I mean, if you talk to educators who have been doing distance learning, like at um, in some of the charter schools that do distance mm-hmm. learning already or college and universities that teach online courses, they know they have to design that differently than those in-person classes. So the rest of our teachers are, are working really hard. They yeah. have putting in such effort to try to figure out how to do this and keep the kids learning, but they totally. are, they're going on the fly. And most of them have their own kids behind the scenes too. I can't even imagine they're a girlfriend of mine is a teacher too. 
And she's posting about this stuff and saying she's yeah. trying to figure out how to do this for her own kids and then for the kids in her class. Like, I just yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah. So I think it's, man, deep breaths. And especially, yeah. again, when it, too, when it comes back to, okay, okay, unless they're, like, in a grade where they have to get a credit for this class, like, right. if we need to take a sick day or if we need to communicate with that teacher and just say, this was just too much for us. Mm-hmm. Both of the teachers I've been talking to, they they are so understanding and want to hear and want to know that. Like, they're not about check every little thing off at the expense of our sanity, at the expense of right. meltdowns, at the expense of all of that. Um, yeah. But the other side of it is, yeah, learning will not take six hours. And mm-hmm. it, I, I don't think it should. I, I know that there are some online schools or schools that are, are actually like sitting the kids in front of the computer on a Zoom class for that six hours. And oh, I'm wow. Like, oh, boy. That's, I don't think it's sustainable. Um, no. But again, we're giving grace because everybody's learning how to do this well. Totally, right? totally. Um, but being able to, because you, we don't need to wait for 30 people to get their books out. Exactly. And get a pencil and be quiet and whatever. So we can give that 15 minute of math instruction, you know, um, mm-hmm. so those things, all of those little things, we don't have to wait for 30 plus kids to line up to go down to lunch or go right. to Spanish class. So we're, when you take those times out, it is going to be a lot shorter. So how do we engage our kids in good things? That's some of the questions I've been getting lately is, okay, now they're done early, but I don't want them now on just media and video games for the exactly. next five hours either. So I think that's where, um, and one of the things I have available on my blog and in my work and school at home guide is what to teach getting started and just ideas on focusing on sparking curiosity. Mm. Let them ask your kids if they could learn about anything, what would it be? And then help them explore. I love that. You know, That's something sharks? like, do I yeah. really want to learn about sharks? So we're going to hop on National Geographic Kids or exactly. pull out a science book and we're going to investigate it. Okay. So now you want to make sure they're actually learning something instead of just watching a video on it and tuning out. Right. All right. So have them, okay, Tell write three sentences and tell me three things you learned about sharks. Totally. Yeah. We're actually doing um, themes. So um, now my son's interests are very, very different from my daughter's. And I had thought that we would have themes for everybody because in a perfect world, you know, or at least, sorry, a shared theme for everybody. Right, Um, right. not so. Uh, so my daughter, we National Geographic actually sent an email and it had some stuff about Egypt. And so I said, hey, why don't we make our theme for right now? And we we're doing this week and next because this week was a bit shorter. Okay. Um, is ancient Egypt. And she said, okay, I want to make mine. I want to focus on Nefertiti because we have this great book about amazing women in history. And she remembers hearing about Nefertiti. And so she's going to be doing some research. We've got a little section of our day allocated to just free research. And so she's going to be doing hers on Nefertiti. My son has decided to do his on the Fresno airport. Uh, don't get me started. Uh, but he's very passionate about different American airports, American even airport. though okay. we live in Canada, but yeah. it's fine. Okay. <laughs> There's cool things down in that Fresno airport. My exactly. husband has to fly planes there. So. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I basically said to him, okay, buddy, it's not just about the airlines that fly there and how many gates they have. When was it founded? Mm. What did it start as? You know, that type of thing. And yeah. so getting him to think about more information about the airport just than his, you know, the, what his brain wants to focus on. Cause he yeah. really loves the detail about airports and gates and things. Um, so we're trying to do that. And he said, well, this is my theme. And so I had to let go my, my perfect, no, you should learn about ancient Egypt. Yeah. And, right. and, and, you know, so we're, we're still working through that. And I think we'll probably yeah. do something about marine life and we'll probably do something about, yeah. you know, other parts of history. So anyways, it's, it's kind of fun to give them that opportunity to answer those three questions or write those three sentences about yeah. what they're learning for or sure. Video love about it. it, right. Or if you've totally. got little, let them do a, a puppet show or put it together with their stuffed animals or the, the Barbie house uh, or yeah. a model of something, because I think that's the other thing we're used to our general traditional school model is right. We right. write about it. We, Make a poster. Fill out a worksheet or we yeah. make a poster, which is a great thing too if they like doing that. Yes, totally. But, or we take a test because our teachers have to assess 30 plus kids at once. Mm-hmm. 
But when you just have one or two kids or, or even, you know, five at home, you don't have to take a standard test to assess, are they learning, right? Right. So you can see in that video they just made or in the comic strip they just wrote and or colored or, you know, designed or the model of, you know, an ancient pyramid made out of sugar cubes, because you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. Or Legos, whatever it is, you can see, oh, okay, what are they learning? Now tell me three things about that. Totally. Which is a totally. great way with kids that are younger or just writing resistant, like especially boys who'd rather build forts all yeah. day. Like that was my son. 100%. Like to get them engaged and sparking their curiosity. And this builds lifelong learning skills. Totally. Which is huge. We don't always usually have the time to engage in these things. Yeah. I know. It's it's such a hard time for so many and I don't mm-hmm. want to discount that, but there mm-hmm. are also some gifts in this time. Yeah. You know, well, to have all great ideas too for summer where yes. right, when we're trying to figure out what to do in summer, like these apply to any summer that we have where we're totally cool things to do. Yeah. So totally. So here's a here's a thought. You know, if your daughter, if you're really into Egypt and you want to take it the next step further, mm-hmm. you can mummify your own chicken. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that might freak a few people out, but yes. This just took a turn. What? We, we I have a chicken mummy in my garage that's <laughs> seven years old. <laughs> and I tell you, it really works to mummify. I have something. so many questions. Like, yeah. like no, like it's a roaster from the store. No, no. Oh, okay. You, start with <laughs> you start with the cheap roaster at the store, the guts and everything are already removed, right? So we're not doing that side of it. <laughs> Okay. But you want to talk about my kids remembering ancient Egypt? It's a it's a process. I I said sure, this sounds fun to my seven year old son <laughs> before I knew that it was going to be a six week long process. Oh my gosh! But hey, you want something to extend six weeks right now? We can we can come up with creative hands on learning. <laughs> That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think we'll be going that far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, but I do like the comic strip idea because I actually yeah. ordered from Amazon when you could still get things in a fairly short amount of time. Right. <laughs> the time um, was still two days. Exactly. But I ordered this um, blank comic book. Uh, oh, yeah. So it has just the, I mean, you could print these off. I'm sure they're on Pinterest, but um, it's a book where it's just all the frames and all the speech bubbles and all these things. So I could say to her, like, write a Nefertiti comic strip, Absolutely. like a graphic novel, a and graphic she'd be novel. all over it. Totally. Yeah. It's a fabulous, it's a great idea, right? And it takes them out of like, this is like what I've already had to do for my teacher for school. And it gets exactly. creative or yeah, whatever way they want to express and engage in something. It's great. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but I want people to go yeah. to your blog. I want people to follow you on Facebook, all yeah. of those things. So before we get to where they can connect with you, I want to ask you just a few questions that I ask everybody on the podcast. Sure. Um, so I feel like you actually, one of my first questions is about balance. And I feel like mm-hmm. you are kind of a very good example of balance. But first of all, do you believe it? And, and how do you define it? <laughs> well, I think... Um, do I believe in it? It depends on the definition of balance. So Okay. So how do you define there. balance so for yourself? <laughs> if, and and this is a struggle that I really had to work through in trying to figure out how to take care of kids' needs because mm-hmm. um, I have one that is not a traditional learner. And so that mm. was part of what extended our one year to eight in homeschooling. Um, and then trying to juggle work and home, work and school. And learning like, okay, um, so balance, I, I do not believe balance is equal, equal, right? It's not everything gets equal time because totally. then everything, nothing gets the right time. Exactly. I do think balance can be achieved if balance is, um, is we can do all the things, but we can't do them all at the same time mm-hmm. or all to the same extent. It's a little more like, um, you know, in kindergarten, when we learn to take turns with a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes we're setting the timer and I get two minutes and you get two minutes and then we're going to trade. Sometimes it's, well, I got four minutes and you got 10 and we took turns and it's not always equal, but it's taking turns. Mm-hmm. So there were seasons where I, I um, 
was having to take a turn and choose like, okay, my kids needed some more specific learning instruction that I needed to be more hands-on in, which meant I needed to back off on some work projects. They didn't get equal time. My kids got more, which was hard. I'm not going to say that it wasn't hard, right? Because my go-getter mentality really wanted to go after some ideas and to, to work on those projects or work with this great organization. And I had to let that go a little bit. But now I'm able to do more of that because they're, well, in traditional school. I'm not coming up with the curriculum for them to do at home right, right. now, which is right. a great thing, right? So sometimes it's outsourcing things. It's it's handing that off and, and trusting it. But um, yeah, so there is balance, but it's not equal 50-50. Right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Which I think is kind of similar to your your take on balance too, isn't it? Yes. Like said, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. I often talk about that like scales of justice visual uh-huh. where even though for the most part, the goal is to have it sort of 50-50, it's, I, that scale is always in flux and yeah. always in motion. And if there's a little bit more weight on one side, the other one goes up and you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always fluctuating and mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes some things get more time and some things don't and that's okay right as long as it sort of evens out overall like if you go marathon not sprint right right and if you really stop and know like okay what are my priorities and what does this season look like exactly because all of our seasons seasons are just that they move into another season so if it's Mm -hmm. a season that you know work needs attention or if it's a season that my relationships need attention or a season here like those things can shift through a season and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get back to where something you miss is going to be a part of your life in a bigger way. You know, let it be smaller and know that another season, the season's going to change and it's going to come back. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. So next question. Uh, Do you, I I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you answer this. Do you make time for self-care and what does that look like for you? Yeah. I do try to. Um, this was something that, again, I have had those seasons where I really didn't, and it really mm. cost me. Um, so definitely try to do that. And again, but it's part of that that whole balancing the scales, right? Sometimes it's mm-hmm. more, sometimes it's less. So right now, um, that is okay. I'm trying to go grab my coffee in the morning and take my journal and my morning kind of ritual routine. And instead of doing that with everybody, which I was the first couple of weeks, because my husband's doing that too downstairs and it's kind of cool. We're all home because he normally mm-hmm. travels for work and he's usually gone three, mm. four days a week. Oh, so wow. He's, oh, he's home now. Um, so like, oh, cool. This is cool. But I realized I was needing um, quiet and space to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I call myself an introverted people person. I love totally. people. <laughs> but I, I refresh with quiet space to myself. Yes. Yes, me too. So, um, so this week I started taking that, like he's down in the living room. I just went back to my bedroom mm-hmm. and went to where that was quiet and not because I don't want to see him, but like, okay, I know I need this. Or mm-hmm. I started taking an extra walk in the afternoon by myself around the loop. And I might do a walk with my daughter or with my husband too, but just taking another extra 30 minutes to just go get quiet by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are some of those ways that I'm trying to do it right now. Um, nice. making sure, uh, your, um, your fill your bucket challenge has been super helpful for me to just go oh, back good. and go. Yeah. Like the other day I was, um, watching the video, the reminder of like getting my vegetables, like feeding my body <laughs> well, right. Which I feel so much better on and I was doing, but now we're all home and it's like, Ooh, who wants bacon and eggs for breakfast? I, right. right. <laughs> So I was inspired to go back. Okay, pull the kale and the green smoothie ingredients back out, and like let's start with something that's gonna fuel me well. So that's another little way. Yeah, awesome. All right, big question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? (laughs) And I don't like giving people a lot of time to think about this because I want it to just be so spur of the moment, you know, this is it. That's in my head right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the biggest one is creating space for connection and to Mm. listen to my kids. Amazing. I am a very task oriented person by nature. 
and personality and I can get into the tasks and checking it off and move into the next one. But that doesn't always create space for connection. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I'm really passionate about sharing little things like our family journal and creating this victory or taking a walk because creating that space for that to happen and then listening, not just dictating, like giving my kids a voice um, is something that that's, I think, been one of my biggest lessons of learning. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. We can get so accomplishment oriented and focused and, you know, just do, do, do. Okay, next thing, next thing. And, and, you know, talking at them and dictating, like you say, and, Mm -hmm. and not just listening. That's huge. Thank you for that. That's a great lesson. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So how can our listeners connect with you more? What is your website? What is your Instagram? All of the places. Yeah. So all of the places it's, um, dancing with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. That has a whole other story behind it. We lived in Asia, so that's where that came from when it all I love it. started when we were over there. But um, yeah, so dancingwithchopsticks.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Dancing with Chopsticks. You'll find I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm <clears throat> getting a little tickle in my throat. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I have loved the tips you've shared. I think you've given everybody a lot to think about and be inspired by and just taken the the pressure off a little bit on how to approach this. I think it's it's just been really wonderful. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. You know, I think it was Brene Brown's um, recent podcast. She was talking about how like none of us, right, know what we're doing and how to do this whole thing right now. Right. Nobody does in the world. But I believe we each have a little piece of something to give into it, right? Like yeah. you have done so much to help inspire us through mom camp and around the campfire and to take care of ourselves so that we can pour out and take care of our people. And if I can give in this one area that I've had experience of, man, that's where, that's kind of what I can do. And um, my other friend is great as behind a sewing machine. That is not me. I would be in the ER. <laughs> she's making masks and was able to make masks and share some yeah. that we can use. Like if we each give in to where our gifts are or where our experiences and use it to encourage, then we can together figure out how to do this. You know? Oh, it's so amazing. And you have so many gifts in this area. So thank you for sharing them. It's so true what you're saying. So thank you, really. Thank you. My pleasure. Love being here. Thanks so much for having me. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.